This is Deepa from DeepaBarrow.com, and you're listening to the Deep Beauty Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Deep Beauty Podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well this week. I have another great episode for you guys. I have Ashni Desai on the line with us today. How are you doing today, Ashni? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really so happy to have connected with you. You have such an incredible story that I really want the listeners to... Um, get a chance to listen to and to hear because as we were just discussing off off the line um there are so many different ways that people can deal with grief and there's no one face to it so i really feel like having uh, a lot of different examples on the podcast will really help people kind of navigate what they're going through and give them a little bit of hope in terms of you know that you can be okay, you know, alone. And after whatever it is that you're going through, whatever loss you're going through, you can be okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Before we get into that, I just want to mention you work with Man Mukti. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, Man Mukti, our goal is to uh, end the stigma of re- uh, revolving around mental health in the South Asian community. Um, so I am the vice president of research for the organization, and um, our goal is really to find statistics and make them presentable and relatable uh, so that you know that you're not by yourself and there are other people out there just like you that are, you know, fighting with mental illness and, you know, struggling just the same way you are. If And if you need support or anything like that, we are here for you. Um, we have the statistics and we have the support system. We're here to be your friends. We're here to let you know um, that the stigma isn't something that should exist. We want to end that stigma. We want to hear you speak up and, you know, be heard. I think it's such an incredible organization. Honestly, like I was just saying how I wish that when I was in high school that you guys were around because I definitely know I would have, you know, really, I could have really used you guys back then. Um, but I'm just so happy to hear that you guys are out there and you're helping the people that really need the help. Yeah, no, it's really great. I I wish it had been around when I was younger. Um, it's when I feel like we're making a difference. And like I said, if it had been around when we were younger, it would have helped a lot. So I hope that we're able to make that impact. I think we are making that impact. Yeah, I think you definitely Um, are for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. Why don't we go ahead and get into uh, your story? Um, you lost somebody that was super, super close to you um, a little while ago. So why don't you start kind of from the beginning and, and, and walk us through everything that happened? Yeah, um, sure. So no, I'll start from the beginning, like you said. Um, so when I was in high school, I dated this boy who ended up being the first person that I you know, fell in love with. Um, and he it was amazing. He was, it was, it sounds stupid. It sounds cliche, but it was like seeing the sun for the first time being with him. And I sounds, I'm not normally really sappy and romantic, but it really is what it felt like. Um, and our families loved each other. Families loved us, you know, being together was just perfect. Um, so we grew up and, you know, we changed and we, we grew up in, grew apart, but we stayed best friends, you know, nothing, nothing changed in that aspect. Um, so when, um, I started college, um, we still stayed in touch and there was one day I, um, found this, he was an artist. He used to paint and draw just oh, all the time. 
and he made this, he created this uh, portrait of me um, <laughs> in high school. And I, I came across it one day um, when I went home to visit my family and, and I took a picture of it and sent it to him, you know, like, look what I found. And, you know, I didn't hear back from him and he's usually pretty good about, you know, responding back the same, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. So I uh, just was, you know, confused, but I figured he was just busy. And I was just browsing through social media and I saw that um, he'd been in an accident and, you know, I thought, you know, it's a car accident. People post about that kind of stuff all the time. And I saw that it, it was his mom that had posted about it and, you know, keep him in your prayers. And I was like, this is something's weird about this. I just had a really weird feeling in my stomach after seeing that. So I shot her a message just, you know, what's going on? You know, how's he doing? And she told me he was in the neuro ICU, which is never, uh, a good, good sign. Mm. So, um, I started talking to his little brother who I was also uh, friends with, and he was telling me I need to come down and come up and see him, you know, as soon as I can. Um, so he was in a hospital about an hour away from where I was living at the time. And, um, so I went up the next day and saw him and he was, um, he was on a ventilator and they had him in a medically induced coma cause he had so many injuries, uh, throughout his whole body and that I could list them, but it would go on forever. <laughs> that had to be difficult. Yeah, it was, it was, yes, it was tough. So, um, so kind of throughout the process, um, I was the only one with any sort of medical background. And so his family would ask me, you know, what was going on, basically translate what the doctors were saying and what I thought was going to happen. And it didn't, it didn't look good uh, uh, from what the doctors were saying and from what the nurses were saying, just being in the neuro ICU in general. Um, so I was trying to walk them through it without you know, falling apart. Um, and so I would go and see him every day. Um, I had, I was in college, I had classes, so I would drive down, I would be in class and then I would go in the evening time or after I was on a dance team. So after practice, I would go up and spend the night, um, standing by his bed and just talk to him, even though he couldn't talk back, <laughs> I would just talk to him. It was kind of crazy as I was talking to myself, but, um, then there was one day I told him, that I loved him still, you know, and, uh, I saw his heart rate shoot up on the monitor and I was confused, you know, I was like, there's no, he can't, he doesn't hear me, you know, there's no way. And, um, so I, you know, tried to, you know, squelch that hope a little bit, but, you know, I continued talking to him. And then later, a couple hours later, I told him again that I loved him and his heart rate shot up and I was shocked, you know, because to me at that point meant to me mm -hmm. and you know it meant it still means so much um that that happened um oh, uh sorry that's okay um so he definitely heard you then yeah yeah he did um there was another moment I went I leaned over and I kissed him on the cheek and the same thing his heart rate shot up um and it was perfect, you know, knowing that. Um, but then after a couple of days, um, his reaction stopped and he didn't react to any sort of stimulus. Um, anything, nothing from me, nothing from his mom, you know, 
and he was, you know, just there and the machine was breathing for him. And after 10 days in the hospital, um, the decision was made to withdraw life support and um, withdraw any life-sustaining equipment. Um, That's so heartbreaking. Yeah, so we made that decision, and we put on his favorite songs. His mom played Banana Pancakes and Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and in six minutes, he was gone. So Wow. How, so how long was he still around for after the accident? Ten days. Ten days. He went into the hospital on February 13th. I went up on February 14th. And then he finally um, passed away on February 23rd. Wow. So when, so when, obviously when you were talking to him and he was responding, you guys obviously had a little bit of hope there. What were the doctors saying about that? (laughs) The doctors didn't, um, I won't say they didn't want us to have hope, but they, they did want us to, uh, be cautious about being too excited about what was going on. Um, and I don't mean that in the way that, in the sense that they, weren't excited for us, you know, in terms of being happy or whatever, but they, they didn't want us to be so, have so much hope and to, and then, you know, have him pass. Um, because I, they knew that it, it wasn't going to end well. The, his various injuries, um, kind of prevented them from like one injury would prevent another one from being taken care of and, you know, the other way around. And there were so many different things that were wrong that it was just too much damage and there really wasn't any coming back from it. So they didn't want us to be, you know, so heartbroken in the end and to kind of expect him to pass. But it was hard to listen to them, you know, kind of saying that, but they just didn't want us to end up hurt in the end, you know? So in that moment when you were going through all that stuff, did you have support around you to help you get through all that? I did. I did. Um, so I was, it was more of a support. I was more of a support for the family. Um, but when I came home, I had my best friend, um, and my roommate, she just was with me every single day. Um, and she talked to me and just basically just let me talk. You know, she let me cry every day. Um, she just let me vent about it all. And then my mom was amazing. Both my parents were amazing. You know, they, um, same thing. They just let me talk and just let me cry on their shoulder. And yeah, that's really, that's what I needed. You know, they, they knew what I needed at that point. And at that point it was just not someone to tell me that it's going to be okay because I knew it wasn't going to be okay, but someone to just, let me be weak with them, you know, be vulnerable, not weak, yeah. but be vulnerable with them. And go through all of that. You have to be able to have the chance to process all of those emotions Yeah, and have a safe space to do so. Yeah. There was actually two of his other ex-girlfriends actually were there with him throughout all of this. So the three of us, we were, we called ourselves Tyler's girls. We, <laughs> we all dated him at some point and the three of us, really supported each other a lot through this too. It, that was actually, it was strange almost because we all dated him at one point. <laughs> it does sound a little strange, but that's nice. It, that's nice. it was, we were all jealous of each other at some <laughs> point, you know, but we all, we 
came together then and it was amazing. The three of us together put together his memorial service. And, um, uh, when I was asked to give his epilogue, give his, um, eulogy, um, you know, they were really supportive and they both looked over it for me before I delivered it. And, you know, they, they were amazing. They were incredible support. That's incredible. Wow. And are you guys still in touch to this day? We are. Um, we had this, this little thing, um, while the whole 10 days was happening, there were just lots of references just throughout all those days to rainbows. And it was silly, just random things, but through prayers. And, um, you know, when he passed, there was a nurse that painted his hand and put a handprint next to a poem that she'd found about rainbows and, um, just all these references. And so anytime we see a beautiful rainbow, which it sounds silly again, but anytime we see a, a really pretty rainbow, we take a picture and we send it to our little group. Um, and, um, any beautiful sunset because he loved sunsets, especially over water. Um, we would do that. And, you know, whenever we're in the same city, we like to meet up and we'll have you know dinner together. So we, we do stay in touch still. And so, okay. For people that are listening right now, you know, there, we've had people on who have lost their parents and, you know, I personally have lost my grandparent. Uh, well, all four of my grandparents, um, and as well as some aunts and uncles at this point, but, to lose like the love of your life, that's such a big and kind of a unique thing. Do you have any advice for anyone that's listening that could possibly be going through the same thing? Yeah. Um, I actually wrote this down um, to kind of help myself organize my thoughts, but that's moving on from it to feel better from it. It's not really something that is possible. You know, I could sit here and tell you, that I moved on and that I'm not hurting, but you don't ever get over that or get over something like that. And it never stops hurting. Um, I, I describe it as like the worst pain that a person can feel, but, um, but I am not ashamed of that. Um, and I know that I'm not weak for feeling the way that I do. Oh, absolutely not. And I'm, I'm, I'm always going to miss him and I'm always going to love him, but I do choose to remember him for all the good things and remember how it felt to love him when he was here and how I can, you know, look at a patch of grass and see (laughs) the color of his eyes and be happy about it and not be sad about it. Um, And it's not something that's easy. You know, it takes a conscious effort to not let myself be sad, but when I am able to redirect myself and make myself think of the good and think about his smile and, you know, how it felt whenever he would hug me instead of, you know, how he looked on that ventilator or something awful. I look at a rainbow and think of him and see something beautiful and know that he would love, love to see it and love to paint it. You know, I can be happy about that instead of sad about him not being here. So you choose to focus on the positive then and the love. I do. I do. I um, have a necklace that he gave me when our, our birthdays are really close. He gave me this necklace for our birthday uh, when we turned 16. And um, <laughs> and um, 
I still wear it. I'm wearing it on my wrist now. I wear it as a bracelet. Um, you know, those are, it it makes me happy. So you have to remember all the good, you know, because if you focus on those last couple days and you focus on that spot that's missing, it can swallow you. But to remember just how happy, how happy that person that you lost made you and you know, how much love that you feel when you think of them, that is what gets you through. I can't even imagine. I mean, like we, like I was saying before when we were talking off the line, like Derek and I, my husband, like we took, it took a long time to find each other and we've had to go through a lot to be together and I cannot even let my brain ever go there to think what it would be like if he wasn't around. I just, you know, and the fact that you have, and you're, you know, you're so young and you're so beautiful and you'll find somebody else for sure. I have no doubt you're a very nice girl. And Thank you. But the the fact that you've had to go through this, like my heart really goes out to you. And I think it's such a brave, brave thing that you're doing, sharing your story with everybody. Because a lot of people, like we've said so many times on this podcast before, and especially in our South Asian community, don't like to talk about these things. But it's so important for other people to know that they're not alone and that you can get through it, you know, that there is some light, there's still some beauty, beauty, there's still some love in this world. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing it. Um, And if, you know, there's ever anyone that would, has been through something like this, you know, it's okay to reach out for help and it's okay to talk to people who've been through it. You know, this story, it's sad, but it does, you know, it, it helps to talk about him, you know, not just the sad things, but just to remember him. Um, and if, if you ever need that, like I would always love to talk and it's always okay to share your story. I'm definitely going to, for the blog, uh, blog post for this episode, I'm definitely going to put links for Manmukti if you guys want to reach out to them to share your stories or just to talk to somebody and as well as, um, in the Instagram handle for Ashni. So you guys can reach out to her as well. Thank you again so much, Ashni, for sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. No problem.